you to our worship team, Zach, Alex, guys. Thank y'all so much. We are in the seventh week of our Blockbuster series. Just got a couple more weeks left, and then we'll move on into a new series as we get into August. But today, we are, and you came into our building. You probably didn't. It probably was, you saw all the Star Wars stuff going on. And yeah, we're watching uh, a little bit of some clips from one of the famous Star Wars movies. As a matter of fact, we are going to be in what is the third trilogy, like this was the third set of movies that came out after we had had this long dry spell. Those of you who grew up watching Star Wars movies, we had a long time before we had another one and then all of a sudden this new set shows up and we watch it and the, the words come on the screen and the sound and the music and it like takes us back to all those years when we were watching them growing up. Of course, if you've never watched a Star Wars, that's all right. We're going to bring you right up to speed. You won't need to have to worry about whether you've ever seen one or not because we are going to focus on something very specific in this movie. We are looking at the first of the new trilogy. It's called The Force Awakens and this is where Kind of a new set of characters is introduced and it meshes with the old characters, the classic ones that we grew up watching and all of this journey develops in what we know consistently in all the Star Wars movies, this battle of good versus evil. The good guys versus the bad guys. Like if you've never seen a Star Wars movie, I just literally brought you up to speed right there. Good guys versus the bad guys. Now, uh, in this movie, the, the good guys are known as the resistance. The bad guys are known as the first order. And uh, as they've always done battle uh, over the history of this franchise, what we've noticed and what we see is that there are these good Jedi that work with the good guys, but then there's these bad Jedi that don't use their potential for good. They use it for evil. And they kind of have this elevated level of skills and they go with the force and do all this stuff. Anyways, at this moment in the history of the Star Wars franchise, it seems that there are no more good Jedi left. And my goodness, if that's going to be the case, then there's going to be a lot of problems for the, for the good guys. Luke Skywalker's going into hiding and there's no Jedi in training. It's just, it's really empty. What I want to focus on, though, on our time together is one of the characters in this movie. Her name is Ray. She's introduced to us as somebody kind of living a very basic life. And then all of a sudden, she starts to discover that there's a potential inside of her that she kind of maybe knew was there, but never really cultivated it. And as we go through this journey together, what we're going to see is her cultivating that potential. I think that character is important for us in real life because... You and I, every one of us in this room, we have a potential inside of us for something more, for something greater, something God-given. And whether we recognize it and develop it or not, like that's the great decision. Will we really dig into that God potential in our life or not? Well, we're introduced to Ray. Let's start off with our first clip. Here it is.
What you brought me today is worth one quarter portion. way the movie sets it up is like here's this girl and she's got so much she's got so much more potential she's got so much more to her but yet she's scavenging she's just getting parts and buying and selling every day and it's sort of like she's in this very basic way of living and you're kind of set up to this point where you're probably thinking as you're watching the show like there's got to be more for this girl there's got to be more in life and and these are the questions that humanity deals with still today. There, there's got to be more. There's got to be something else out there. There's got to be something more than just scavenging and looking for parts every day. Humanity deals with this question, what else is there? Is there something greater? When we're young, we dream for something greater. When we're young, we think about greatness for our life. You know, people will ask you when you're young, though, the famous question, what do you want to be when you grow up? You know, and we always have these answers. Some of you are like 40 and people are still asking you that. You know, what do you want to be when you grow up? But as, you, as you're young, you have these dreams. You've had these hopes, desires for life. And you'll be asked that question and you'll say something like, I want to be the president or, uh, you know, I want to be a firefighter, policeman, lawyer, doctor, veterinarian, whatever it looks like. And you have these grandiose dreams about life. And then we know, we talk about it here at our church, what happens to those dreams we say here at our church, here's what happens, life. Things begin to happen, it kind of suppresses those dreams, they seem kind of far off in the distance. They were once there, but life happened. But see, that, that's why Jesus' value to humanity is such a big deal. It's one of the reasons, because, because here's what Jesus says, okay, you feel like this life is empty, you feel like this life is leading you down a question of like, what really is there to meaningless living? Jesus said, yeah, I, I have come so that you could discover what real life is. In John 14 and 6, a very famous text, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the what? Life. Hey, you're looking for life? Jesus says, it's found in me. Uh, you feel like you're kind of on this road where things are missing, potential for your life? Jesus says, I am life 200 times in the New Testament. We're pointed towards that life, the life that Jesus Christ has to offer. It's so important because it is the game changer. It is the separator from living in this very basic scavengering way of living versus real meaningful living. But in order for you and I to discover that kind of living, you have to wake up. You have to wake up to the nudges. You know, when, when you start to feel and sense the nudge that, hey, there is something more, you have to decide to embrace it and say, okay, God, what is it? What are you trying to show me? What is the greater potential that I've been missing consistently in my life? The scripture in Ephesians chapter five uh, refers to a song we sang, the first song that we sang when we started off our time together. And it starts out like this. It says, wake. It says, this is why it said, wake up, sleeper. Rise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, right? Not as missing out on the truth about life, but as, as the wise, making the most of every opportunity. I said several weeks ago, like, we all have time and chance, time and opportunity. We all have a moment, an opportunity to decide 
what we're going to do, make the most of our life. We, we have those opportunities, what we do in those moments that produces the outcomes in our life. And the text here says, hey, wake up, sleeper. When the nudge comes, and maybe it will come for some of you here in our time together, maybe people watching online, that nudge will come. It says, yeah, there's, there's got to be something more. When that nudge comes, you respond. You decide, I want to dig in, God. I want to know that there is there's got to be something more. I think that's hard to respond to that nudge because it requires you to be very vulnerable. And most people don't want to be vulnerable. Like, who wants to admit, you know, it's like, oh, yeah, my life is pretty basic. You know, I just kind of wake up and go to work and come home and TGIF. That's all I got. No one wants to admit that they're kind of in this cycle of basic. We want to think that, you know, everything's really big time. And we put all these facades up to make us feel that way at the end of the day. We still know that thing is missing, and we have to be willing to be vulnerable and wrestle with it. And that's really the story for me in my life. In 2000, going in 2001, that's kind of where I was. You know, I had kind of on the surface level what everybody might think is everything you could really want. And yet deep down inside, I was sensing there's something more that I need to discover. Like, I, I'm a just say, you know, where I was at that time, and I'm going to share some things not to be braggadocious, but I think it helps make a point about kind of what I had at that time. I had a very good job. I was working for a Fortune 100 company, year 2000, going into 2001. Uh, I've got a good salary. On top of that, I get bonuses, commissions. Sometimes that's like $10,000 in bonuses and commissions a month on top of my salary. I mean, you know, living the dream. I'm married, kids on the way, things are looking good. Got a home, got two very nice cars. I got to tell you, I still knew there was something missing. There was something there that I hadn't dug into in my life. I'd been nudged along the way, but I kept pushing it aside. And then finally one day, sitting in a church, I decided to respond to what that potential could be. And it starts changing radically the outcomes of your life. I, I put this in your notes. When you are embracing that God potential in life, it shapes and directs almost everything you'll do in your life. It starts producing different outcomes, right? If you don't embrace that, it's going to produce different outcomes. But if you do embrace it, it's also going to produce a very different set of outcomes. In other words, I realized when I came to know Jesus Christ, I have a job, but now there's a God potential in that job. And I began to discover it. it took me to a whole different level in my job. When I began to realize I'm married, but God, I want to know that God potential now for my marriage. It took my marriage to another level. God, I got kids. I got kids. Love my kids, but like, God, I want to know the God potential for my kids. That's why at our church, we, our mission statement is unleashing new purpose in every life through Jesus Christ. Because we want you to discover something there that's more than just what this world has to offer. Life, the life that Jesus Christ has to offer you and I. Something so much greater than that potential. Ray, in the movie, she's trying to figure out, okay, is there something there? Is there something stirring? And she's got to figure it out quick because she's going to come under attack. If you've watched the movie, there's this droid, there's this robot, it's BB-8. BB-8 carries a map to Luke Skywalker. And they're trying to get that map to this girl, Ray, so she will go get training with Luke Skywalker and ultimately become the next Jedi. She just doesn't know that's her mission yet. 
So she's figuring this out along the way because she's important to the good guys and because uh, of this information that she has about where Luke Skywalker is, she is under attack. They want to take her out right away. And so that's where the next clip is that we're going to pick up. What are you doing? Come on. Come on, baby. Come on, we gotta move! I know how to run without holding my hand! BB-8, stay close! This way! Call in the airstrike! They're shooting at both of us! They saw you with me! You're marked! Well, thanks for that! Hey! I'm not the one who takes you down with a stick! Does anyone have blasters around here? Are you okay? Stop taking my hand! Are you okay? Yeah. Follow me. We cannot run them! We might! In that quad jumper! Hey, we need a pilot! We've got one! You! What about that ship? That one's garbage! Diner position is down there. You ever fly this thing? No, this ship hasn't flown in years. Great. Oh, I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. Sitting in this thing.
Uh, the cannon's stuck in forward position. I can't move it. You gotta lose him. Get ready! Okay. For what? Go. You do that. I don't know. No I've one trained ships, but I've never no left one? the planet. Your last that was, was amazing. Oh, you <laughs> you set me up for it. it that was, was pretty good. Yeah. What we find out is that Ray's got to figure this thing out pretty quick. Like she might have been scavenging for stuff, but everything has changed. Now she's under attack. She kind of doesn't have a choice in the matter. She better elevate her game that potential quickly. It's a little different for us here in America. We we know about. God, we hear about transformation, we know that it's evident around us, people that have had encounters with God and had radical transformation, potential for their life changed, and oftentimes, we just ignore it. Like, we know there's more, we know there's something out there, we know we've been being pushed and nudged along the way to discover something more, but we just keep pushing it aside, and I can tell you, there's a cost to pushing it aside, and you'll figure it out either sooner or later. You'll come to the day where you finally realize, my goodness, what was all that for? All that investment in the things of this world, and I missed out on all that God was trying to reveal to me in my life. In fact, I wrote this down uh, in your notes this way. Here, here's what we understand. The more we push away from that calling that God is calling us towards, more potential in life to more life, the more what we do is we fall into something called superficial living. Or, or surface level living. There's no depth to life. It's just, again, it's day in, day out. Let's get the job done. Let's go home. Let's do this thing. Let's go back, do it all over again. And there's no real emotional, spiritual, relational depth to anything. It's just, we just keep on going day to day. And, and the more uh, we push away from God, the more confused we become. Why am I here? I don't even know why I'm here. What is the meaning of life? Why, would I, why, why am I on this planet? And people are more confused now in our culture than ever before. Monotony sets in. It's just this monotonous way of living and then dissatisfaction. And you come to this place where people are, are going, I, I, I'm so dissatisfied with life. I don't even want to be here any longer. We miss out on that greater potential. We think it's not a big deal to just shove it aside. But the data, the polling data out there amongst Americans tells us the words I just gave you as fill-ins are prevalent all over our culture today as people continue to push aside that God potential. Well, Ray has got to figure out her potential. And she's starting to do that. She gets introduced to this character named Maz. Maz's job is to try to explain more and more, hey, there's something deep inside you you need to pay more attention to. Here's the third one I wanted you to see. 
I shouldn't have gone in there. That lightsaber was Luke's and his father's before him, and now it calls to you. I have to get back to Jack. Han told me. Dear child, I see your eyes. You already know the truth. Whomever you're waiting for on Jakku, they're never coming back. But there's someone who still could. Look. The belonging you seek is not behind you, it is ahead. I am no Jedi, but I know the Force. It moves through and surrounds every living thing. Close your eyes. Feel it. The light. It's always been there. It will guide you. The saber. Take it. I'm never touching that thing again. I don't want any part of this. <laughs> Maz is trying to say, hey, it's, you know it's there. Like, you can't deny it. You know there's, it's always been there. She used those words, but something she said it caught my attention. She said, she said, the belonging that you're looking for is, it's not found in the past. It's found ahead of you. And I think that's so true for us on this journey spiritually that you and I are on. Like if we are gonna discover the potential that God has for us in our life, it's going to be about us looking ahead to that potential, not spending all our time on the things of the past. 
And yet this is a challenge for humanity, right? We want to advance. I want to go forward. I want to see greater things ahead for me. But I keep getting bogged down by all my past situations, struggles, things that have happened. Can't ever seem to advance forward. Uh, Really, Maz is just saying to Ray, like, until you figure out that it's found ahead of you, not behind you, you're going to keep getting stuck. And so Ray's battling with that. And I can relate. And we battle that as well. It's always been a problem. We go back the Old Testament, we see the Israelites, they've, they, remember, they, they release, or they get, they get out of Egypt, and they, they go through all these trials in the wilderness, and struggles, and pains, and now Moses has died, and there's come an opportunity for them to cross over the Jordan River into this land that God had promised them long, long ago, and here comes this moment where God's speaking to Joshua as he's got to lead these people now over the river and into this promised land. Here's what it says in Joshua chapter 1 and verse 1. It says this, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, here's what you're going to do. Take all these people. You're going to cross over the Jordan into the land that I'm about to give them to the Israelites. I will give you every place where where you set your foot as I promised Moses. Here's what God is saying right now in this moment to Joshua. He's saying, you guys have been through some stuff. But I need you to start looking ahead because we got big things ahead of us. There's things that are going to happen that I want to reveal, that I want to show. We got some battles to deal with. And so if you're going to sit here and worry and dwell on the past, it's not going to work out well. Pay attention to the future and the potential that I'm trying to show you. Fast forward today in our lives, it's the same situation. Pay attention, look ahead. God's trying to reveal this to you and I. Go to the New Testament. Jesus Calls Peter out of the boat. Peter gets out of the boat. Matthew chapter 14, he starts walking on the water. Here's what it says in verse 29. It says, then Peter got out of the boat. He's walking on the water. He's headed towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, beginning to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him and said, you of little faith. He said, why do you doubt? What is he doing? He's on the boat. He's paying attention. He's looking ahead to his potential. Things are going well. And then the fears and the distractions set in. For you and I, the three great F words of our struggles, our frustrations, our failures, our fears, and all those things of the past rear their head, and now we stop moving forward. The potential lies ahead of us. I put that in your notes. In order to chase after what is ahead of us, we've got to stop looking behind us all the time. Can we learn from the mistakes of our past? Yes. Can the mistakes of our past be a part of our great witness and testimony to help others as they're getting through some things? Absolutely. But we don't let those things of the past hold us back, take us back to where we once were. We're still moving, our he- moving ahead with our eyes moving forward. It's one of the reasons I love our nights that we have here on Monday nights. They're called our re-equip nights. And they are continuing to grow. And what are we doing on those nights? We're dealing with the past. We're dealing with mistakes and problems, struggles, things that hold us back, difficulties, things that people did to us. That's what Celebrate Recovery is. Celebrate Recovery at 7 o'clock right here at our church. All these meet 7 o'clock right here at the church. And Celebrate Recovery deals with life's hurts, habits, and hang-ups so that people can advance forward in where they are uh, and move forward into their potential in, in life. The landing, it's the same thing. It's just for younger people. It's for students who've also had trauma in their life and they're trying to figure out 
how to move forward. And then we have grief share. You, that's for people who's dealt with grief, loss of a loved one. They're trying to figure out how to move forward and the potential in their life. And divorce care, which is gone through divorce. How do I move ahead and move forward in my potential in life? All these things are all about dealing with that past so that I can have that potential in the future. Join us right here on Monday nights. You have to sign up to show up right here at our church. We've got a place for you. Well, now, as Ray is battling her past and trying to decide she's going to embrace that potential, she has the encounter with Kylo Ren, nasty dude representing the bad guys. He, he wants that map out of her head. See, it's there. She saw it. And now she knows where Luke Skywalker is. And if he can figure out now where Luke Skywalker is, kill her, deal with her, and go kill Skywalker where he's hiding out, the whole thing for the good guys collapses and comes to an end. So he's trying to get that map out of her head. And here she is dealing with Kylo Ren. Tell me about the droid. He's a BB unit with a selenium drive and a thermal hyperscan vindicator. It's carrying a section of a navigational chart. And we have the rest recovered from the archives of the Empire, but we need the last piece. And somehow you convinced the droid to show it to you. You. The scavenger. You know I can take whatever I want. You're so lonely. So afraid to leave. A night desperate to sleep. You imagine an ocean. I see it. I see the island. And Han Solo. You feel like he's the father you never had. He would have disappointed you. Get out of my head. I know you've seen the map. It's in there. And now you'll give it to me. Don't be afraid. I feel it too. I'm not giving you anything. We'll see. You will never be as strong as Darth Vader. And she's realizing that if she's going to win on this journey of her potential, she's going to have to do battle with this adversary. And Kylo Ren, is, let's be honest, he's kind of a creeper. And, uh, and she's having to handle this adversary that's trying to take everything down. And you know what? You and I. 
have that same kind of situation going on in our spiritual journey. Not only are we dealing with our past and our struggles and things like that, we have an adversary that wants to bring them up all the time. He wants to do battle with us to take us off track from that life that God has so much wanted to give us. We deal with our own little creeper too. In, in John 10, it tells us that, yeah, though there's a life that God has to offer you, you have an adversary that wants to steal, kill, and destroy that life. And where do you get the power to do battle against your adversary? It's through our Heavenly Father. He gives us the strength to have those moments and say, uh-uh, no longer. You're not doing this. Did you see when it was finally clicking there at the end for Ray? Finally clicked. She's like, hey, get away from me, man. We're not doing this. You're not going to consume me like you're trying to right now in this situation. And this is what it says in Isaiah 43 in verse 19. Hey, hey do, do you not see what God is trying to do for your life as he's revealing new things to you? For I'm about to do something new. See, I've already begun. Don't you see it? I'll make a pathway through the wilderness. I'll create rivers in the dry wasteland. What God wants you to recognize is that he's right there and he's saying, hey, I, I want to equip you. I want to give you the power and the strength to win this battle. Don't you see? It's available to all of you, that nudge, that push. Wake up, sleeper. There's more to life. I'm going to give you the tools to win. Well, if she is going to win now, She's going to have to confront Kylo Ren and his kind of battle royale. And here it is, that battle royale toward the end of the movie as she duels directly with her adversary, Kylo Ren. Here it is.
time of choosing, Ray makes a decision that, hey, she's, she's going to embrace that potential that's in her. And that's a choice that all of us as humans have to decide to make, whether you nudged, whether you're nudged and you push it aside, whether you act like it's not there, even though you know deep down it is. At the end of the day, you're choosing black and white. It's, it's one or the other, which way we're going. And you have to make that choice. It's, it's clear. There's no gray area. There's no in-between. I'm either going to continue this journey, going down this road that leads me into this place that is monotonous living, or I'm going to choose to live for the things of God. Galatians 4, chapter 4, gives it to us in very simple terms. It says this. It says, but when the time was set, the set time had fully come, God gave his son, Jesus Christ, born of a woman, born under the law, that we might receive adoption to sonship. In other words, sons and daughters be a part of the family of God. Because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out Abba Father. So you are no longer a slave, but you are God's child. And since you are his child, God has now made you in heir. This is the simple truth. You either choose to stay enslaved into the things of this world that make you, is kind of trick you into thinking that everything's really great, even though you know there's more deep down inside. You just kind of go through the motions of every day in life, or you decide to embrace the vastness of the kingdom of God, becoming an heir to the things that God has for humanity. You choose one or the other. I put it in simple terms in your notes. You are either a slave to the world and the ways of this world, or you decide to be an heir to the kingdom of God. And that nudge comes. It's a time of choosing. The potential that humanity has being a part of the kingdom of God is so much more expansive than monotony, the day-to-day of this world. That leads us to this final little couple-minute clip that I wanted you to see before I send you out of here. And what does Ray do next after she's won this big battle? This is literally the last couple minutes of the movie. Here it is.
share that last part of the movie with you because I think it's important on that journey of your spiritual growth. And here's what Ray does. She's accomplished so much, but she decides, I need to set out and learn more. I want to I keep growing. And so she goes to find Luke so she can get additional training. And I saw that and I thought, my goodness, you know, that's the story of the believers. The Bible has a word for this, and it's called discipleship. Okay, we've won this battle. We've accepted the forgiveness of Jesus Christ. We, we have the ability now and the power and the strength to attack our adversary, but there's more to come. There's more potential to develop. There's things to learn, and so many times as Christians, we just kind of stop. Have you stopped growing? Have you sought out discipleship? I'm talking about studying the Word of God. I'm talking about finding people around you that can help you grow in your walk with God. I'm talking about being in study groups, developing your prayer life. Have you decided to grow or, or did you just kind of stop? And I think of Luke. Here he is hiding out on an island with all this information, all this training, all this wisdom that he can impart on people and he's kind of just hiding from everybody. Maybe there's a longtime believer here. And you know, we got a church full of new believers. You have an opportunity to take somebody under your wing and teach them, but maybe you've been hiding out. When is the last time as a longtime believer you said, hey, come alongside me. I want to share with you some training of the gospel and discipleship so that you can grow in your walk with God. Maybe that's a step you need to take as a longtime believer as you disciple others. I believe through this movie, God's calling all of us out to potential, to discipleship, to growth as he nudges us to the life that he wants us to have. Let's pray together. God, thank you for these reminders. We're watching these movies, Hollywood, all that, but at the end of the day, there's, there's undertones, there's reminders for the spiritual journey. We see that once again. We have this potential locked up inside of us. God, that you're just waiting, you're nudging, you're hoping that we'll discover, decide to dig in, stop pushing it aside. There's somebody here that's never decided to do that. The Bible says you begin to unlock that, that potential, but it comes through the one who is the way, the truth, and the life, Jesus Christ. And for 2,000 years, people have been unlocking that potential as they've surrendered and said, God, I want to make you Lord of my life. I believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sin, be forgiven my sin, so that I can have a life with you, God, and a journey with you. And you can just take that step where you're seated right now and say, God, I am ready. I hear, feel, sense the nudge. I want to discover a life with you. God says, receive my son, Jesus. He did what he did for you so that you could be forgiven of the times where you went away from God, pushed away from those nudges. He's bringing you in right now on this new journey for your life. Others of you, you're new believers, just, just making that decision to dig into that potential more and to keep growing, longtime believers. It's time for you to make the shift, to lead a Bible study, to invite somebody out for a coffee, to start doing some individual one-on-one -on -one studies with some others that need to grow in their walk as well. Now, let's see the potential inside all of us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.